0: It's Triple D Live! (laughs) Coming at you from Boston, Massachusetts. Live from Boston, Massachusetts. (laughs) Cellini Salini, along with Travis Sarandos and Zach Moser. And we are joined, once again, our first repeat guest, actually, Jed MacRamos. Uh, we are coming to you live, not Woo! actually live, but we are all live and in person from Boston, Massachusetts. We all came up here well Zach lives here, but we came up here for the... <laughs> we live here. Uh, Zach lives here. We came up here for the Saber Seminar, which is a yearly conference... That takes place at Boston University. It's run by um, Dan Brooks of Brooks Baseball and the wonderful Chuck Corb. It is all for charity. Um, goes to the Jimmy Fund and this year um, also helped benefit the Angiomo Alliance. Um, the great cause, great conference um, and so we are all in person together for the first time. Triple D live baby! Hey, hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Travis is actually not going to speak this episode. He's just operating the soundboard. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jen. Hi, how's it going? I'm
1: good. How are you?
0: I'm great. Um, it's really freaking hot here up in Boston. Um, there is a massive heat wave going over the entire East Coast. Apparently, it's a lot worse in New York. Um, so I'm happy I'm not home right now. But um, yeah, we are live in person with cold ones. We've got cold ones. We've got the cold, cold ones. ones. Um. So yeah. Pass me the cold one, fellas. Saturday night. First, let's talk. um, Close enough. Let's talk about Saber Seminar. Um, Zach is a square and, like, works. Because Zach. Zach. (laughs) That was a longer sound effect than I anticipated. (laughs) (laughs) Zach's a square and, like, actually likes making money and stuff. I don't know why why you would do that. Can you explain this? So I can live here. Yeah, explain about jobs. Now, as the resident job expert uh, (laughs) of of Triple D and this household, and and, and just, you know, as a job expert in general, you see, you need to... Did you go into a job canon to acquire it? Yeah. Did you go out back and pick a jobbie off the job trip? Yeah, it shot me to to job land, actually. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But um, as far as I know, you have to spend money to make money. And I'm really good at the first part, and I'm working on the second part. So, that's that's that's. Yeah, I think just, that's an original quote. You yeah, yeah. just now. You have to spend to make it. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm poor. I couldn't go this weekend, but I hung out and drank beer with my friends, so it's good. Damn right. Um. So. That sounded like a cold one. <laughs> so, Jen Travis and Will Will Zach Zach's roommate uh, Dylan is also here. Yeah. Say hi, Dylan. Hi. He's the one with the airborne earlier. Um, so we'll talk about Saber Seminar in brief. Um, so I'll start with you, Jen. What was your favorite presentation at the conference this week? Oh
1: man, um, I was really interested in, probably have to say, uh, Dan Brooks's one. It was a good mix of funny and informative. It was. Um, and it was really well thought out, well researched. Um, well explained and I learned a lot more than I thought I knew.
0: Yeah, Dan did a very brief graphical representation of it was what movement on fastball, fastball versus and sinkers.
1: Sinkers and curveballs. What did he call the line? The axes?
0: Cool. I, I forget what the exact never. term for it was. Um but yeah, it was interesting. Um and he talked about the importance of accurate um
1: Accurate placements of the graphs.
0: And and tracking systems at ballparks and how important that is. Um mm-hmm. Travis, what did you like? Um I liked Harry and Jonathan's presentation about their uh, new catcher metrics. The uh,
1: the game calling? Yes. And the
0: this might this may or may not be published on the baseball perspective site by the time this uh, podcast gets posted. I don't know when they're going to put it up, uh, but they said they were going to, um, just about uh, trying to quantify the way a catcher can add or subtract uh, wins, just by the way he calls a game. Ended up taking pretty much all of it out, except for the effect on unintentional walks. It was actually a pretty significant significant number. Wilson Ramos, uh, who was the leader uh, by this new metric, which they called G- GCAA. Um, game, good, calling good catchers game calling of calling of a Are atters. awesome. Yes. Yes, that's that, that too. Uh, but Wilson Ramos was uh, the leader. He had almost a win just by this one wow. thing alone. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. And they, you know, had the, they had the math and the science and whatnot that I don't understand to back it up. But without... Trying to explain all the math and science to us and, and putting us to sleep, so that was it. Was a good, it was a great uh, presentation. I enjoyed it a lot and learned a lot. Well, what was interesting to me about that was that a lot of the catchers who get really high marks for framing actually have pretty bad. Now it's, not like it's not like there's a correlation, but a lot of the guys in the lower end of the spectrum of the GCAA were actually pretty good framers. Like Grand Grandal got knocked a lot for his game call. Well they have to have jobs somehow, right? Like Well and I, I think that I think that helps to strengthen the stat and show that it's it doesn't have anything to do with framing, they've controlled for that. Yeah. In this. And, and so I mean because the physical act of framing is separate from the mental act of, of calling a game and, and calling the right pitch. And and some of the guys who got really high marks for game calling weren't the best framers in the world. Like you said, Ramos, um, Kurt Suzuki was up there. Um, it was very interesting. Yeah, Ramos is a very, well, slightly above average. And average we should know that this, all this data they were using was from 2015. They're going to expand the data set. Yes. Um, so there will be more to that. Um, but yeah, like Travis said, it should be on BP relatively soon. That was uh, Harry Cavalidis and Jonathan Judge were invaluable members of the BP team. Very kind. They are wonderful people. Yes. Um, my favorite presentation was basically anything involving uh, John Baker. Who mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. hey, is catcher. a... Yes. catcher. Former uh, catcher. He's a former catcher uh, for, for the Cubs and a number of other teams. And um, he now works in the Cubs system as a life skills coach and guru and... Beer drinker and ass kicker. Yeah. Um, John's a great guy and a wonderful part of the Cubs organization. He's also freaking hysterical. Um appeared in a number of capacities. He was in a Q&A session with Brian Bannister, who's also a former big league player. He was a pitcher. He now works for the Red Sox as a pitching person in the front office and with the on-field uh, staff as well. And then he also was on the live Effectively Wild session. Which will almost certainly be better than this live. The, the goal best. is to have Triple D recorded live at Saber Seminar next year instead of Effectively Wild. So that's I think that's realistic. We got a year to do it. Guys, we're coming for you, Ben and Sam. Do you think? Do you think we can ever like our best podcast can ever be better than the worst Effectively Wild podcast? Well, we have a segment coming up that's kind of straight out of Effectively Wild in a way. Oh okay. um, no, just not the intent, but this is. Do kind I of, know about it? Yeah, it was your idea. <laughs> I still don't think. My idea. It was the the baseball. Field. How drunk was I when you claimed that this was my idea? About Friday? this, no, this, was five this def- I definitely did not have any it's ideas. The, baseball field dimensions. We're gonna talk oh, about that. That's, yeah. Okay. it's gonna be good. I remember We've that gone. idea. I stay thought t- you were talking hey, about the other idea that you claimed was mine. Well, that was actually your idea. I still. I okay. Can, can I? Okay. Well, how yeah, drunk was I, when I, got I? I got an, an idea. My idea. idea. I want to go back because you were so. I still have more to say about the catching that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, and I wasn't there. gone. But I, I should have been there. So yeah, passed away. So, I mean, there's there's a certain amount of intuition, in, like in there being a like at least a small like inverse correlation between game calling and pitch framing.
1: Because uh, I, I don't know
0: if there's any actual correlation. Well, I mean, Gotti it's, it's getting Gotti sure. was getting high from game sense. calling. Yeah, of course he would. But like, so I mean, the guys you've named are, are veterans. Generally, and and you know they are trusted by their pitching staffs. They're respected amongst you know those in the game and but, the writers. But like there are also but, guys who don't get good frame Like Derek but, Morris was getting really. But bad the thing teams is, they have to have a job somehow. The teams aren't going to employ someone who's a bad framer and a bad game caller. Well, this is what they're getting. So, yeah. This so what like, at? Yeah, um, that, I, mean, this, I, was, I was and I was talking to Jonathan after his presentation and talking about how these numbers um, for the game calling were so much bigger than the numbers for uh, for blocking pitches yeah. and for throwing out batters. And because he's still, like, the ranges are, that like, on that, like, the, the biggest range was, like, plus three or minus three runs per year. Yeah. And I think it was, like, Ramos was, like, around 10, like yeah, minus I, 10. Ramos was getting, like, yeah, he was saving, like, around, I, I, think, was, I think the initial mark they had was, like, Fourteenth or thirteen something, and then they went to the, the just Walks metric. Yeah. It was like two and a half times bigger and, than. And the, he was at like n- n- nine point something. Yeah. And he and he told and he said, uh, you know, obviously he doesn't know for sure, but he he said that he he surmised that uh, the reason for that is that they're that they're all tightly grouped because there's like a minimum threshold for what MLB teams will consider an acceptable like level, like you have to be good enough for them to even tolerate you at that position yeah which makes sense yeah and i mean it's going to be like you have to have this good of an arm when attempting to throw out face runners or they're not even you're not even going to stick like you'll never stick so that's why that Travis there. <laughs> yeah and i mean the opposite for Miguel Montero who's been a terrible throwing on face runners this year but has gotten um, and i feeding. mean people are lo- yeah and he's but, but, it, the, staff but, loves but the staff loves him, and, and, and that's those sort of, in the media have just been lauding him for being extremely good at handling this pitching staff, which is kind of, which I mean... And that was also, something that John Baker touched on yeah. as well. Again, it's, it's just being able, to, it's one of the uh, valuable things about a catcher that you don't necessarily see and almost can't quantify is their ability to to handle a and I, I wish that we had been able to, like, I wish that we had been able to talk to John about this, both while they were presenting and after, because um, I didn't get a chance to have much of a conversation with John today. Um, but I would have loved to get his take on these metrics, especially when the full stuff comes out. Yeah. Because um, he taught uh, for 14 years in the big leagues and then more in the minors. Um, but to touch on Montero, like, another part of his value is that, and Ross is there too, obviously. Yeah. Um, a lot but, time is very small. Enough, right, but, but Miguel Montero is there as a Spanish-speaking catcher mm-hmm. to help Wilson Contreras. Yeah, they're both Venezuelan. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, this is like when um, when Joe Girardi moved out behind the plate to help mentor Jorge Posada. Um, and it happens all the time. Like It's going on right now with the Yankees with Brian McKenna, Gary Sanchez. Um, it goes on all the time. Um, so the veteran catcher is like, Harry himself actually said that if you can call a good game and work with the pitching staff. He doesn't care if you don't hit very well. Like, if you can, you know, hit your weight and be a good presence behind the plate with the staff and in the clubhouse, that's all he cares about. But to be fair, I don't think Montero is hitting his weight. He's <laughs> <It's laughs> not that. that big. We, we can actually <laughs> figure that out <laughs> if we wanted to. He's hitting, like, 230, uh, maybe? He might be hitting what? the plate. I thought he was uh, on the Mendelson line. Whatever, it doesn't know. matter. I'm just making he it. He's up. only got a couple of dinners. He's had a poor offensive year, but uh, I was actually bad. wrote about like Miggy's offense very well, like near the end of last year, and his mechanics, and I think it's really taken a toll on his body. So, okay, Miggie's so breaking down Miguel but, Montero's. Um, oh, this doesn't have his weight. What the hell? We got a. All right. Well, while you're while you're looking up Miguel Montero's weight, I'm <laughs> gonna. He <laughs> um, two hundred. He weighs 210 what he pounds. soaking okay, wet, though. And his batting average current. So, again, my tail is not hitting his weight. He's hitting my weight. Back. Look. <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> and... All right, That was that. Snoopy was... the dog doing a laugh. That be... was Snoop Dogg. This soundboard's interesting. Um, so, I've anyways... I've got, like... Something that, we I mean, we talked about this kind of confirming some of our our eye test stuff, our previous biases in terms of who's a good catcher, who's not, which a lot of these stats are doing at this point, which is, means they're probably good. Yes. Um, I mean, new, new stats will, I mean, have recently been confirming things that we've already known, but also shedding some really interesting light on things we don't know. That's kind of, I mean, that's what BP's doing. It's great. Um, but... What my interest now is uh, beyond what we've already talked about is how this relates to pitch sequencing. Oh, it was mostly that sequencing. It's all yeah, like it's all about right. sequencing, like um, and yeah, that's what that's what they were trying to. And watch and, and they're going to have to. I mean, sh- they're going to have to share that between pitchers and catchers eventually. And that, yeah, uh, they, were of, p- they, they, they were. They were, that's, that's exactly yeah. what they and were and trying it, to okay. do. They want pitch sequencing. There's also a lot of more work to do because they were only using starting pitchers in this. Hmm. Um, because there's just simply more data there, and and the the reliever data is a lot more erratic, yeah. Um, because of the smaller pitching samples, and also they're not throwing as many pitches. They have the smaller pitch selection, by and large. Um, but they are planning on adding relievers soon um, into the data. But um, from what John was saying, it sounds like they have like a lot of different formulas built into this for like everything. Like he said, I can't they, even imagine the staggering amount of that they have to put together yeah they're smart it's crazy um so yeah that was really interesting um so yeah um want to go on the record on the pod and say thank you to zach moser for letting us crash at your place so that we could attend this wonderful conference well hey thanks for being here guys to zach it's been a pleasure um it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. We get to meet a bunch of folks. We got to meet lots That's, of folks. Yeah, lot of folks from, folks.
1: from online. Yeah, we,
0: yeah. We, like like the, the, yeah. like I met Zach in New York at the Fangraphs meetup, but this is my first time meeting Travis from online. Travis from online, and I met Jen. Jen from online. Met Jen from online. We met. Um, we met all kinds of folks. We, we met. We met internet celebrities. We met. Um, upcoming yeah. internet celebrities. So the, the hot news star is just around the corner. I was erroneously called an internet celebrity. You are an internet celebrity. You yeah. are. I don't think you can be called an internet celebrity if you have a thousand followers. You were on the news. And also, right. you were on the news. You, you so took a call was, from... We were hanging out on Friday yeah. and you took a call from the New York <laughs> Times. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> the Travis really true. So, Travis, um, <laughs> the, like, earlier this week... Um, acquire tickets to A-Rod's last game. Um, I didn't acquire
1: them. It sounds like this it a, this is, in a game of chance. By I the time this
0: podcast airs, he might have already signed with Miami, so that um, um, <laughs> might not be his last A-Rod's last game game, and instead of doing other things, he um, gave them away okay, on... Okay, hold on. You're making me sound way okay. nicer than I am. But I didn't acquire them in a game of chance, first of all. I bought them on the internet at the sure. press conference in order to capitalize on the increase in ticket prices I was sure was going to come. I did sell and made like $250. selling eight of them. And then I still, I held back two and gave those two away. So it's not like I just bought them. It's like, here, forever. Like, I made way more money. Yes. (laughs) But but what you're leaving out is that... (laughs) What what you're leaving out is that you required a charity donation to be eligible to receive these tickets. Yeah. And that's freaking awesome. I'm not saying it was... Like a and, bad thing. And you just sent, saying, you're, you're I don't, I don't want to take more credit than I deserve. Just saying, uh, charity s- and capitalism are intrinsic, intrinsically linked. And you sent a big A Rod fan, one of my friends from Yankees, twitters um, to the game. So that's freaking awesome. And so internet celebrity Travis Sarandos, who's been on the news, was oh, yeah, here, back to this was spoken to by the New York Times. So you are a celebrity, sir. True. Um, enjoy the D list. Nice. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. So. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast, which we came up with maybe like two minutes before we started recording. So, Travis wants to have posited the question of what would baseball be like if it was played in a stadium where the walls were 100 feet, 150 feet from home plate. So, like, instead of like the 314 down the line, it's 150 down the line and all the way around the wall. However, these walls are also 50 feet high. So, how high is the monster? I feel like this should be higher. Like I feel like 60, 70 feet. How is high is the be... monster? I want it. To the be... monster is thirty-nine. How high? Is How eight? far is the monster? The monster is like the it's... monster is about three hundred feet from home plate. Right? Like, but the it's... monster is thirty-seven feet two inches high, and it's roughly between three hundred and ten and three hundred fifteen feet. In and there are people oh, who 310? I thought it was. Fake, and, and there are people. There are really people watch. who say it's like two ninety. Actually, yeah. There are people who say that. Well, they're not that's true. Is like people... there are people? There are people. Um, so... Well, I mean, I... Well, I... It's... I think it's hard... It would be hard to get a ball that high in the air that quickly. Now, this is where StatCast data is useful. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let, me, let me... tell you... If, if we're thinking about how baseball is played, with 150-foot fences that are, like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 feet tall, like, like... They're crazy tall. You oh, have to wait, I love all... that in an important part. Okay. We also are stipulating that if you catch the ball off the ricochet off the wall, it's an out. Yes. So yeah. that is that's. So the, you can't the ball the ball remains live off the off, off the ball. So you can't just like have John Carlos stand. Yeah, you can't just bash the ball, ball. ball off the wall. But even if it wasn't an out, wait, wouldn't it almost be like like bad to have? skin mashing balls off the wall because it comes off off the wall pretty hard. It's skin. Yeah, well, uh, if you're talking like, about like padded monster walls, though, like they'll be a little bit soft. Right, we're but like even then, like John Carlos Skating would never hit a double. Not great brick. brick That that's just dangerous. Well, like he would never hit a double because like yeah. you know, we're not playing this game anyway, so well, it would be dangerous. basically you'd have <laughs> singles hitters and you'd have home run hitters. Right, right. but like but like John Carlos Skating would be like Russell Brand in this league. It, it, like a worse, like a worse Russell Rainey. Yeah, no, I mean, it's brick. The ball, the ball, it goes crazy. You, it's hard to predict. Playing with super balls. balls. No, it's the no. So it's it's a baseball. We, we haven't even discussed. Yeah, a, we yeah. haven't even discussed what we like the first scenario before going crazy yet. So let's let's so, let's, let's assume that I tear him up the wall that. Yes, it is. So, which players in baseball right now that we could use to for? Well, where do you put the defense? I think that you might almost like if the camera off the wall isn't out. Like I almost be I almost say like deploy the current defense because like you could say have like have like a five man infield, but then you need your to like really fast. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing is with these rules, you can have a five man infield, a two man outfield, and shift the outfield. You could to with to the hitter because. If, I think I mean, that's what I would do. Yeah, because if for some reason some right-handed hitter uh, bangs the ball and, and, and like and off the, off the he, wall in right the right field, the it. second baseman is just going to get it, and it's going to be maybe a double. Like it's that much. Yeah, that's I mean, depending yeah. on how fast you are. What so, would it take to hit a triple in this league? I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's I, It, I, it uh, might I, not I, be I, possible. You'd have to hit it down the line, right? Yeah. Um, I would have to take some crazy care. Yeah. Or like somebody hit the... And it would have to it. be like Billy Hamilton. Yeah, and you'd have to have like Rigby Field bullpens. Yeah. You'd have like <laughs> like somebody would have to fall and it would have to take a crazy turn. I don't think triples would be possible in this game. It's almost impossible. You'd have singles hitters and home run hitters. Those with giant launch angles that are hitting the ball straight up in the air. Or yeah. um, it would actually would like if you have power, it would your Prince Fielders, rest in peace. But like you would have like you would have to almost do like the Prince Fielder uppercut. Yeah. To get the ball out. Uh, yeah. So you would like maybe like maybe like like the Adrian Beltray down on one knee swing would become like taut as yeah. like the swing to do if you're going to hit for power. And I mean, we 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 briefly chatted when we when we thought of this idea. flyball pitchers evaporate from the game. Flyball pitchers are gone. singer ballers are choice. Are we though? And I think I think speed extremely, becomes ex- like ball extremely valuable. But like, what if you're like okay, but like let's say you're a flyball pitcher. And, like, we have these crazy high walls, right? So, if you. If all, you the, all those soaring fly balls to center field, those are all homers now. Do they get that high? Yeah. 50 feet in the air? I it's think you have to play yeah. like seven inning games in this league or something. Okay, too. but, like, <laughs> let's say. All those are gone now. Fly ball features are out of baseball. They're gone. Or Estrada? Uh, good. Good riddance. Okay, <laughs> in but. In my opinion. But, like. <laughs> Counterpoint, if you're a flyball pitcher, if you can induce a lot of high balls off the wall that get caught for easy outs, wouldn't that be good? Yeah, but I feel I feel like those aren't the fly ball pitchers. I feel like those are the guys who are giving up hard contact. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the ones wrong, that are gonna bang yeah. off the wall are like just bad pitchers. So, so <laughs> like, <laughs> <Bad> the <pitchers laughs> bad pitchers are actually good at Yeah, yeah yes. so like Michael <laughs> Kina wins the Cy Young every yeah. year. Exactly. Movie. Yeah. The like, Dodgers don't have to worry about not having starters <laughs> because, like, because we we're saying like strikeouts would be probably even more important. Now. Yes. Um, so if like, I strike up. Can, yes. Send me another cold one. Too. So like, small, Michael, oh, please, Michael <laughs> Panetta, who gives up lots of hard contact and lots of strikeouts. Um, yes, strikeouts we, are king. As we watch the Cardinals take the Oh no, we're watching the Dude, car- no, we're watching the Sunday night game on mute, so Steve Biscotti just did a three-run run. Steve Biscotti sucks! <sighs> well, actually. Well, actually. Steve Biscotti still sucks. Well, actually. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> so, Jen, like,
1: Travis, you hit the Cardinals, too.
0: So, Jen, who do yeah, you think would do. be the best offensive player in this game?
1: Probably any, someone who can hit high pop-ups. Really far into
0: so not Joey Votto, not
1: Joey Votto. Just your regular, yeah, your regular pop up
0: hitters. <laughs> so like that. Anthony Rizzo, yeah, yeah, Rizzo would be really good. He hits so many pop ups. Also, Brian's long jangle is insane. Like, um, yeah, how much? I'd, how much value? Those guys. How much value do you think Billy Hamilton has in this league? Like I said, I think a lot. I think his value Why? is actually because, optimized, because and because he's veterans in, in the team defense, too. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be a slap-hitting player. Especially if you're going to go with that two-man upfield. He's going to be a slap-hitting player who's just trying to get on base in any way possible, which might, uh, like, walks might go up in this league just uh, because yeah. of the pitching style change, but I think stolen bases are actually going to become, like, a huge part. So. I also think, like, Ichiro would win MVP. Like, Yeah, that yeah, that like, makes sense. Can you imagine prime Ichiro in this league? Like, no, I oh, could not. Nah, nah. nah, like, prime oh, Ichiro... Nah. Nah. Like, Ricky Henderson would have destroyed this league. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ricky Henderson also had a lot of power, so. He <laughs> did. Cool. Yeah. Someone like, like... Here are your top five... Alfonso uh, don't are your, your, your top five fly ball percentage, guys. Nolan Arenado, uh, Brian Dozier, Chris Carter, Salvi Perez, and Todd Frazier. Salvi Perez would actually be seen in this league. Yeah. I mean, all those yeah. players are, like, good but not great. Like, I one on Arano <laughs> But the other four are good but not great players. So they like they might be story, Longoria, Sunel, Dick. So Boy yeah. So imagine this game at like where Core's field is. I don't does the does it affect it as much though? Yeah, because yeah, the hop ups go higher.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. The ball flies more. Um so, like, the Rockies would probably score, like, 30 runs a game. I mean, unless we're, like, vastly understating. See, here's the thing. It's, it, it's, it really is kind of an all-or-nothing league because, like, line drives aren't going to drop anymore because everybody's in is closer. You don't, you don't have nearly as much ground to cover. But uh, unless we're, like, vastly understating, like, the hype of pop flies, so, like, if we are pleased at us, because, like, I'm actually very interested in this. Um, so, Mike, I know you're listening. This is, I mean, this is only like 15 feet or so higher. Um, Steve, this is Dylan. Hi. Um, the, the <laughs> Dylan, Dylan has the stack-ass leaderboards up, actually. The average uh, exit velocity angle from the bat in order to hit uh, a ball out of the park out of this uh, fictional ballpark. It's about 30 degrees. It's smaller than 30 degrees. 18.6 degrees. So you hit a ball out of the theoretical ballpark. Out of the theoretical ballpark what? with lines at 150, with walls at, I mean, would you say 50 feet? Yeah. What, what makes you say this? Um, I did a math, got the math. Stan's board. And uh, well, no, let me uh, see it. Looks like okay. So if nice. you're judging, if you're judging off of launch angles, almost every home run, minus maybe uh, John Carlos Stanton's 504. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the longest, longest home run. The longest <laughs> home um, run. Theoretically, could leave this ballpark because if you create if you create the right angle, which they're they're measuring the um, the exit velocity with, the angle in which the like the ball would leave is already higher than the the bottom plane. So like it could be even less than 18 degrees to get a ball over a 50 foot wall. Over a 50 foot wall. Well, I'm looking at at all these numbers. Like it looks like the the top heights, all of them are in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, like those are the lower ones. But well, you can't you can't judge top height because you don't know what distance that top height was reached. I yeah, so, i like, I'm sure, like well, the, I mean, the peak five of five the arc. Or, we're, 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 we're talking going, about you oh, we're talking, talking about, about parabolas, folks. <laughs> but, but actually, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, yeah, at 150 feet, it's if it's a home run, it's still on its way up. But if it's a pop fly, it's not, and it's just gonna leave. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they're gonna like, like there's gonna be run. so many more runs. Home runs that like balls that used to be home runs are now. Something off the wall and bad fly pop ups are home runs, but, but I'm not so sure about. It. I it think most home runs are still head. home runs, but we're adding a lot more home runs, which sounds awesome. <laughs> but, 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 but you're also taking away the home runs that like leak over into the first row. Like, you have to, like the moonshots, oh, you're taking stay. away a lot of home runs. But you're taking what you're taking away, like the liners into like the first row. I, I thought 60, 70 feet for the wall was more realistic than 50. Feet. But the yeah. monster is
1: already like almost. Yeah,
0: Like, you're talking, you're putting, like, another, like, 15 feet on top of the green monster. I think that we, we need did. to build a model. Um, so, John Judge, if you're listening, please get in touch with us if you would like to discuss something. With a physical model with, uh, with like, Lego men. Because I, I, I seriously think we're underestimating just how high 50 feet is. Look, man, I can jump that high. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> like I think, like the pop-up prone guys. You are a sad, little man. I think the pop-up guys <laughs> probably become more valuable if they can get at 150 feet. But also, like I really, That's not hard. I really do think the speed guys, the slap hitting speed guys, are the more valuable offensive players here. Um, especially if you can, put, if, if you can bunt, like bunts are actually incredibly important in this league. I think.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So if, if you can bunt for a hit, the distance from home to second base is 127 feet. Is so this, really? this ball, this this fence is 25 feet behind second base. <laughs> 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 There's no center fielder in this. League. The seven so fielder scans on second base. We don't have it so there's a five man infield is what we're saying. There's yes. a, a seven man infield. Uh-huh. And and one person playing the shift in the outfield. <laughs> like, like, like like you literally like like you're when you're playing like with too too few players, like when you're when you're young and playing in your in the backyard, you like you shift to left field for righties and then right field for lefties. This but is, it's just like two fielders. This is this this game is Bunts at Homer's. It's the best Yeah. Game. <laughs> but well, well I mean this actually gives me an opportunity to say, hey, it's great that our great game allows for invented a, by me. Well, well that's <laughs> <laughs> true. Allows for such a wide variety of skill sets to be successful. And makes things fun. It's 127 god. feet to second base. Home to second base is 127 feet. A squared plus B squared or three or three a equals a C, squared. C squared. Oh my god. We're talking an isosceles triangle here with two sides at 90 feet. Wow. Wow. Huge nerd. Look, man. (laughs) parabola. I'll say it again. I'll say it. I'll say it. Nope. So, um, we might continue to set this discussion for, like, multiple episodes of this crazy. That sounds awesome. We should have one crazy one every week. So, yeah, um, please at us with your thoughts on this, because we would love to keep talking about it. Yeah, give us some ideas. Um, so we're gonna to go on to the second part because we actually have two topics for today. Can Statcast tell us one more time, one more thing before we like? Can Statcast tell us like where, like how high a ball is at, at a certain, certain distance. Distance, at a speed? distance away? At a, at a speed? Oh, 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 yeah. Like, can we find out? Are how you many sure you trust Statcast to do that? Would, yes, that is one thing that I do in fact trust Statcast to do. I don't think it'd be that hard to determine how how high a ball is. At a speed. No, when it is 150 feet away. from um, at yeah. its peak, I know it can do. I'm looking at that. So okay, but yeah, that that I'm very interested in that as well. Now, should, should we should we at them and say, hey, we've got this crazy experiment. Please, you want to at I just <laughs> we, we we could at Darren. and, yeah. and, and, and figure this out. What um, well, what's that about? That was a monkey. I just wanted to press the monkey. Wow. Wow, Rippin' Peace Harambe, the Harambe Harambe <laughs> Memorial Dick Podcast. for Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harambe's an ape, not a monkey, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, man. They're close. Alright, so, um, we're gonna move on to our second segment, because we, you know, two-hour episodes are fine. Um,
1: <laughs> I, mean,
0: I have no idea what time it is. Jen, how long have we been going?
1: For about half an hour. Oh, oh, that's right.
0: not bad yeah. at all. We're I've had four cold ones since I got home. Okay, so um, on Friday, our fan Stan Cruset, front of the show, of um, uh, BP Wrigleyville and other things. Is he other things or just Wrigleyville? Uh, well, he's not really right for Wrigleyville anymore either. But um, Oh, no. well, Cubs Twitter member yeah. Stan Cruset, who's good, friend of the show, tweeted out a screen grab of com's top ten prospects, 2011. I want to preface this by saying we're not making fun of LB.com's rankings in 2011 because prospects bust, and that's just how it works. Yeah, Plus. I mean, a, a top 10 that has, what is it, what's it got, like five? I, five, guys I, I be, guys, other five or six? A yeah. number of major five major
1: Five guys who are like pretty good.
0: good. One, two, three. Well, let's four, read the list first. Let's okay, so out. here is the list. Um, number one is some guy named Mike Trout, two is Bryce Harper, three is Will Myers. Four is noted Yankees great Aaron Hicks. Hell yeah. Is he off the interstate yet? It's 197 last time I saw him. God knows. <laughs> um, number five is Brett Jackson. So, if you remember Brett Jackson, good for you. He's a lot and played for the Cubs for a hot minute. Number six is Guillermo Peninsel. Number seven is former future Giants great Gary Brown. Um... Number eight is Ramon Puentes, who actually played with the the Royals last year, I think. This year. This year, too? He's got like 13 games with the Royals this year. Or something. Oh, well, good like for Ramon Puentes. Yeah. And number nine. Number nine? Number nine. Matt Caesar. Hey! <laughs> we're top of, of the, Matt Caesar. Of the two-homer game the other day. And then Matt Caesar is ahead of some guy named Christian Yelich. So let's discuss. Because um, this is just interesting. Um and again we're not saying that whoever was running it looks like it was Jonathan Mayo. We're not saying that John Mayo's analysis from two thousand eleven is bad because I'm willing to bet the top ten of most prospect lists from two thousand eleven look something like this. Yeah. And it'd be a hell of a lot better than mine from two thousand eleven. Yeah. The most most top prospect lists at the top look very similar. And I don't it, think you see a lot of variance, especially in that top ten. And it was especially easy this year because you had Trout, Harper, and Myers up top, and like that was like the consensus. Um, so I don't know anything about Guillermo Pimentel. I've never heard of it him. It looks like he was a Mariners prospect. I uh, say I don't even know who he played for. I'm With old look Billy him Pimentel. But while I'm doing that, tell us about Brett Jackson, act, because I'm sure you remember something about him. So Brett Jackson. Uh, was an outfielder. Uh, I believe he wore, like, number seven when he finally made the Major League team, but he was... um, He and Josh Bitters, if you remember Josh Bitters, as well, third-base prospect. Yes. I up. actually shot Josh Bitters in a game last, last month. Yeah, like, he... Because um, I went to an, an indie League game. It was the Somerset Patriots ball. and the Bluefish, the Bridgeport Bluefish. Ah, uh, yes. And, Classic matchup. Well, Andy Chavez was playing for... Dude. ...for uh, Somerset. That rules. And Josh Bitters was on... Was he playing third base? I think he was a DH in that game, but there were a number of former prospects. Well, I mean, Josh Finners was drafted at 17 by the Cubs out of high school number three overall, but Brett Jackson was drafted like around the same time. And they were kind of the two Cubs blue chip, uh, positional player prospects. And this was near the end of their, uh, decade long, like position, like got more than decade long position player prospect drought, where they hadn't graduated anybody of note. Um, from the minors, and so Jackson and Pitters came up in what twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Um, this is at like the nader of the Cubs tanking uh, once Epstein and Co. took over. Vote oh, nader. And uh, <laughs> exactly, uh, both the Cubs nader of twenty twelve to twenty fourteen. Um, I wish they were still that bad. They were. They were pretty. Yeah. I, mean, I, I wish guess, they were still that bad. Yeah. I mean, the Brewers are that bad now. So wow.
1: Wow! No, I don't even think wow. they're, true. True. they're not. You're that, not, true. Right. They're
0: not. <laughs> that was that was yeah. a low blow. That, that was, was a, that was an unwarranted roast. That was some DeAndre Jordan shit right there. It's not. <laughs> it's not I mean, it's not an unwarranted roast. I just don't think it's true. Yeah. But anyway, Brett Jackson struck out a shit ton. Yes. Like, like imagine Javi Baez that, striking that. out at, as much as he did when he came up in 2014. Um, it was. It might have been close to that. He struck out at in an incredible rate. Um, if you guys want to look up Brett Jackson's Career major league stats right now. Right? I don't. Um, yeah, there. I mean, it might. The computer might just say no. <laughs> four hundred four error. Please mm, turn nope. around. Pass. But uh, it's, it's funny because Caesar is a very serviceable outfielder at this point. Um, yes, good defenders, still good, good speed. Uh, mashes lefties. He could probably start for a bad team. He could probably start for a bad team. It's, it's definitely just a fourth, funny that fourth outfielder uh, on a good team. It's just funny that the Cubs fan base. Especially in the off, right before the season started, everybody was freaking out about Matt Caesar being 25th man on that. I roster. loved Matt Caesar being the 25th man. There were people who wrote pieces for Wrigleyville defending Matt Caesar as the 25th man. It's funny yes, they needed to my do guy. That. He's good. He hits lefties well, really well. They right. don't have those guys, so, especially with all the prospect hugging that people do nowadays. I uh, actually maybe they, they just tried forgot he was on that list five years ago. I actually tried to look up Bert Jackson on Baseball Reference, and my computer started chugging. Yeah, I, I think Nick, Nick's face is melting like the Nazis at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark right now. <laughs> All right, here we go. Brett Jackson, RIP. He was pictured in a D back cap, by the way. Uh, oh, because that... he played for Arizona in 2014. Yikes! Um, so in 2012, he had 142 plate appearances with the Cubs. He hit 175, 303, 342. Not good. In 142 plate appearances, he struck out 59 times. Yeah, so a That's lot. 11. And then he had five plate appearances for Arizona in 2014. <laughs> five? Yeah. It's <That's> a game. I. <laughs> uh, it was uh seven games actually. Five appearances five five played appearances of seven, seven games. games. So yes. you pinch and it and was a defensive replacement. That's not good. He was bad. Yeah. Uh so yeah. <laughs> um so Guillermo Pimentel. Cell, I don't know if anybody else here is an expert on him. Um last played in affiliated ball in 2015 with the Mariners double a team um, and I can't find what he's up to now she might just be out of baseball so that's sad um Jen
1: Jimmy tell it us.
0: might be nice he yeah. might be doing something he really loves yeah. yeah Jen tell us about Gary Brown
1: oh Gary Brown um when the You're Giants so drafted American. him nice. from, <laughs> from Fullerton State in California you remember when he went to college yeah Wow, this four. is
0: incredible
1: um he was touted as like a highly speedy outfielder, probably like center fielder of the future. Aaron Rowan was like, you know at the end of his career. We're recording a podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> One of Zach's other roommates just arrived back from Philadelphia.
1: But um yeah, he was supposed to be like the guy who up, very very attentive. <laughs> but yeah, Gary Brown was supposed to be like the guy who takes over after like a stop gap in center field after Rowan's gone. But of course Rowan didn't work out. Neither did Gary Brown. And he just kinda of started flailing in like double AA, A, triple A and just couldn't find his footing whenever when he did make it up to the major leagues. Um, and then, you know, released him, couldn't latch onto a couple other teams, and then I think he's playing indie ball now. He Very is indeed brown.
0: in indie ball. He's with uh, Southern Maryland in indie ball. He's hitting 224, 275, 342. It's amazing how many players who flame out of like the minors or major leagues and go to indie ball and are bad. Like that always astounds me because they just like completely lose it. And you think they'd be amazing in indie ball. you think they'd be like, like giants among like regular people. Right. I think it's a mental thing. It's like, yeah, it's nuts. It's like, damn, I'm an indie ball after the top
1: prospect. And also, like Gary
0: Brown, I always think of uh, California Uber Allies by uh, the Kennedys because Gary Brown, the governor of California, is name dropping that song. And uh just will never not remind me of Gary Brown. That's my, that's my little tidbit. Uh, but we, we might have had a dinger here, folks. We got a dinger? <laughs> Hell yeah. Solo shot by Anthony Rizzo. His first since July 24th, I believe. Mean. He's hit he, a couple of dingers in his career. Um, no, I'm still down, though. No, I'm still, still down. Still row. So, yeah. Um, and, now of course, Aaron Hicks is currently with the Yankees. Um, I don't think anybody's really surprised by Aaron Hicks doing what he's doing right now. Um, because, like, he first came up with the twin straight from Double A on the opening day roster, I believe. Yeah. Um, he was always, like, super toolsy, even super raw. Yeah. Um, but, like, like he's supposed to be like, a defensive specialist in any way, but, like, he just doesn't seem to have good baseball instincts. Like, he just, like, makes gaps in the field sometimes where he'll overrun balls or, like, get bad reads or, like, throw to the wrong base. Or, like, he's got a ridiculous armor. That's to show it off. Um. Yeah, it's just interesting to look at prospects being fleeting. And, um, I mean, Max Caesar is, like, obviously in the league right now doing things. And, of course, Trav Harper and Myers and Yelich are mashing. Yeah, no big deal. So, it's all very interesting. So, thank you to Stan for tweeting that out. Um, Because that's interesting, and it makes you think. Things that make you go... Hmm. 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 I see the cold one, fellas. So we're going to go to the fun part now, listener uh, questions. Um, we've got a couple of listener questions. I, you know, folks, when we ask listener questions, like you know the rule is don't add us, but like actually add us. Like, He's add us. um With your questions. So this is a question for Jen, Zach, and I. Um, Ryan Davis asks, what does Zach's mustache smell like? It beer. Smells like dreams. All three are correct. (laughs) I can smell it right now. It's right under my nose. Really? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you are the expert. (laughs) I smell it all day. Um, Lately, it's just smelled like sweat because it's hot as hell here. That's true. But uh, beer is a close second. Dreams died long ago. They're like like, like living in a mouth. Yeah, in a (laughs) mouth. Dreams died long, long ago, so they're like the rotting carcasses of my dreams to like do anything with my life. Which is which is worse than the smell of dreams, which presumably smells delightful. If it's a good dream. Porn, not so sure about that. But uh definitely definitely here in Porn House. That is the the moniker that we have bestowed upon this this fine home in which I live. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't. I know Travis knows this. I don't know. I don't know if I told Nick and Jen about Pornhouse. Yeah. yes. Pornhouse. That's why. That's why I said well, that. Welcome For to me. Shape Porn. It's yeah. Porn. Um, it's pretty much just a name. It's not more than just a name. But anyway, good. All correct answers. Good job, guys. We don't have to use the uh, classic morning show buzzer sound, but Travis wants to hit it. He can use it anyway. Um. Next question is from Aaron Summers, of fansided. Um, what does Guy Fieri put on his hot dogs? Ketchup. Not fucking ketchup. Guy Fieri definitely puts ketchup Guy on his hot dogs. Guy Fieri
1: socks. puts ketchup and craft ketchup. No, craft ketchup and sauerkraut.
0: Wait, do you actually know this or are you just saying?
1: I'm just saying this. Okay. That's That's like, really, if yeah. I knew that, that'd be weird, but I almost I don't know, maybe
0: you. Are, a, he's, he's from the Bay Area, right? Yeah, he's from deep. the Bay Area. Yeah, so. He's I don't from the Bay Area. I, I Everyone from the Bay Area knows each other?
1: He came down to the Central Valley <laughs> to do a bacon and beer fest. And I almost My heart left.
0: Just stopped. My so That sounds like a good fest. I would like to go to that fest.
1: $18 the whole day and.
0: All the bacon, bacon and beer you can drink? All the- <laughs> Are you drinking bacon? <laughs> Look, folks, don't question my lifestyle. Well, let's okay. Let's... So let's see what what would make Guy Fieri say that a hot dog was out of bounds. Oh, okay, I, I got this. I got this. Guy Fieri puts cheese whiz, sauerkraut, relish, and beer nuts on his hot dog. Beer, beer nuts. nuts. That's that's hard. That's crunchy. You don't want it crunchy on a hot dog. Yeah, you don't, I don't think That's I'm like, happy. that's antithesis okay, of hot so, dogs. So, so, scratch the beer nuts. Yeah. And add beer. a sriracha mustard. So what's a a sriracha mayonnaise? says the man, sriracha man, 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 man. man. Shaz- or, uh, uh Nick is wearing a thing. sriracha shirt right now, so. I, I, Wow, I forgot about that. I'm wearing a sriracha shirt. He's now, the sh- sriracha stan. He is a sriracha stan. But, uh, yeah, that's like, that's like, that sounds right. Something like that. It'd be something absurd. Yeah, yeah. But sure. like, but not like, but not disgusting. You know, it'd be like yeah. absurd, but it would be like three more things than you want on a hot dog. Yes, and
1: the word "craft" in there somehow. Yeah, probably
0: artisanal something, like, like uh, I like sour. You guys both want sauerkraut, but I'm going. I've like, never said anything about sauerkraut. At well, no, least do. Sour is sour sauerkraut is terrible. It is. So is, it is. It says the guy from Wisconsin. That's the guy from Wisconsin.
1: I think I you're quit. now an ex-Wisconsinite.
0: You you've just been outside.
1: Garbage.
0: Sauerkraut is actually wow. Old.
1: Travis with the good take. Very
0: bad stuff. Look, folks, sauerkraut and spicy mustard on a hot dog are the
1: best. <laughs> Travis is right though. Travis is gonna tweet at me right now.
0: <laughs> okay, that so he's gonna, he's gonna play a bad sound. Oh, so uh, Sean Rant asks, "Is hashtag Queer your friend?" Hi Sean. Nice to meet you this weekend. Yes, nice to meet you, Sean. Pleasure. Uh, except for that ugly brewer's hat you were wearing. Well, that was a good hat. Oh, it wasn't your hat. And you were starving, would you eat yourself?
1: Hey! What? I knew I would. First, first I smelled myself a brown mustard relish. I'd be so delicious.
0: Brown mustard relish. Harry's got it right. So. Sure. <laughs> so, Sean, uh, Sean wants to know: Is hashtag Quig your friend? Quig is absolutely yes. my friend. Like I would, I would go to Iowa while Oklahoma City was on a road trip there, like they did recently, and cheer Quig, and cheer for Quig, and probably also drink a lot with that guy. I be- own a Yaziel sure jersey, so yeah. Um, Quig is decidedly my friend. Yes,
1: Quig is my friend. I don't care that I'm born and raised the Giants fan; still, I'm a Giants fan. I love Quigg. he's a friend.
0: The only thing about his escapades with his new Oklahoma City teammates that made me mad was that I was not invited, because that looked like fun. It looked awesome. Mm-hmm. I, like, I watched the whole, Do you see the compilation video? Oh, he's a it was, like, compilation video. Yeah. to a compilation video of all the Snapchats. And it was They insane. were lit. They were
1: super lit. It was <laughs> hella lit up in
0: there. Yeah, like, imagine me getting, like, sad drunk on Friday night talking to all these baseball writers. Except it being cool. Except the opposite of saying so, Yeah, the opposite <laughs> of, of what happened. But happens. you're Yasuo. Yeah. So that's, yeah. We, we, my friend. We, my friend. We, my friend. We, my friend. Um, Aaron, you know, he, he, I, I don't know what to say about Aaron's submission. Um, He sent a blurry picture, it looks like there's from a, a video. of um, it a penis? No, it's Dinger lying in bed with somebody in an old D-back shirt and cap. Hell yeah. And he said, that's my, that's my question. So, <laughs> that, that, like, that's literally his question. Um, so, what do we think of this blurry picture of Dinger looking like the morning after with somebody in a D-back shirt? There has to so be a moment after. I literally
1: just threw my phone in the air. Here's the thing yeah. about Dinger. Dinger is bad. Dinger is extremely bad. I but once, that's why he's funny. I once had a friend who's a Rockies fan. Still kind of friends with him. I I'm
0: not sure friends with any Rockies fans.
1: Um, I hate all of them. He, True. He said...
0: <laughs> Don't at us, Kim. <laughs> he said, Carter.
1: I wish that Dinger would go the way of his ancestors. Wow. Gross. Same. Extremely
0: wow. same. Wow. Yes. Barney and Baby Bob. That's how I wish <laughs> that Dinger okay, would Okay,
1: seriously. Barney and Baby Bop had a child, and it's Dinger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> Are you just reliving this now? I can't. Hold on, hold on. I just remembered Baby Bob. Probably <laughs> for the first time in twenty years,
1: <laughs> the, the yellow dinosaur, no, no,
0: right. no, the green no. one. It's the it's green. green, the green but one. It has, like, it has, there was it has, a yellow dinosaur. It has like nonsense up on its whatever. It triceratops. It's Ooh. a triceratops. That's what they look You're like. You're a triceratops. Right? Look, man. Don't insult my people like that. This is Baby Bob. Oh, that. Oh, that's what. Yeah, that's that's combined Bob. with. Barney is Dinger. Digger. Dinger's got the pointy nose, though. Evolution! Anyway, anyway, roasted like his ancestors were 65 million years ago. Oh! 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 Okay, so I'm going to go on the record. Well, most of you people who are listening know my brand that I am somewhat unironically pro Dinger um, because I think he's horrifying in the best way possible. It is, it's your, it is your worst consistently held hold, opinion. Hold on, hold on. Is Dinger the Guy Fieri of mascots? No. no. Who is the Guy Fieri of mascots? The Fanatic. Yeah, yeah I was going to say the, the Fanatic. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> Corrected. <laughs> Corrected. Wait, well, Well. If, hold on. If the Fanatic is the Guy Fieri of mascots, who's the Anthony Bourdain of mascots? Who's, like, the tasteful guy? Like. Orbit? But no, Orbit's like, it's kind of absurd. absurd. Maybe like, Mister Met's kind of creepy. Lucille, Lucille's good. Lucille's good.
1: Um, sh- shit, not
0: Mister Redlegs is also nuts. Mister Redlegs is worse. <laughs> Mister Redlegs is Mister <laughs> Redlegs is worse. <laughs> he just smoked a lot of crack, is what he did. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Redlegs clearly killed his family. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Redlegs <laughs> is like the caretaker at the the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs>
0: yikes. Um, like, uh. That's you, like you could you could swap uh the little clown thing on a bicycle from the Saw movies and Mr. Redlegs, nobody would fucking notice. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Gotta go. <laughs> anyway, Nick, you were opining about uh our what? friend Dinger. Okay, so Dinger is like because he's so weird and almost creepy looking. Um I think he's hysterical. Like I I I think he's absolutely hysterical. Um they're like in like not in like a Billy Fanatic Orbit way, because they're like just like slap like slapstick funny. Dinger is like surrealist funny. Which is why I he's enjoy. Twitter funny. He exact yeah, he's Twitter funny. He's Twitter funny. Like Like if a drill tweet were a mascot, it'd be Dinger. Pretty much, yes. Actually, I, I I agree with that. Buddy, they don't even let me. <laughs> Not with Digger. Not with Digger. Apparently, with this with player from the Arizona Diamondbacks. No, no, no. That
1: was their old um, manager. I remember this commercial. Is it like Kirk Gibson? I think it might be. Oh. Digger.
0: No, it was, was from like 2008 Dinger. though. Oh, okay. He, was, he
1: no, wasn't. He was in him. him.
0: I don't know who managed the Arizona Diamondbacks, but yeah, we can look that Almost up. Almost a decade ago. ago. <laughs> What? Yikes. We I don't know it was the Brewers in 2008. Was it, it was, it was Ron all-time Ron Brewers Renneke. winningest manager, Dale Swain. Dale, Dale Swain. Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin. By winningest manager, Bob Melvin. Manager and Brewers history. Remember when Dale Swain coached the Cubs? Who? Who? Dale Swain. Dale Swain. Spain. Uh, he coached the Cubs. He coached the Cubs. Now he's the hitting coach for... Uh, the Royals. The Royals. He's the hitting coach, John the Magic coach, team, right? He's one of the other. One or the other, yeah. Okay, um, with Yost. So, I believe that is right. the end of our hot. Listener questions. Um, please send us more, folks. We, we enjoy doing the listener questions. Um, so, before we go, um, we're recording this, like I, like I think we said, on August 14th, the night of August 14th. Um,
1: Who is gonna win the World Series? I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Miami Marlins. Oh my god, you already did that! I'm sticking with it! You're, you're. Even after Stanton?
0: Yes. Oh because yeah, I just yeah, You know why? Um, because Al from Miami is going home, probably. Al from Miami yeah, 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 is gonna Al from, from Miami is gonna replace Giancarlo Stanton at age 41. They also said they're interested in Gomez. Oh yeah, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Carlos Gomez of the Marlins? That'd be tight. He, he's he, a very Marlins player, I think. Yeah. As in, he's like exciting, can you like he, like his his personality like, like fits, fits perfect. perfect. That
1: that
0: they go, go for that. that. Yeah, they All go right. for can that. Can you imagine can you bearing you Bonds
1: with Carlos with Carlos Gomez? That'd be tight. All right, I'm sending my Marlins answer. Good. I'm gonna say Mariners. That's even I like worse. That. That's that's good. That's I love ridiculous. Players. I love the Mariners oh my pick. God.
0: They're, they're like they're my third favorite team, or something. They're winning a lot. They're good. Um, the Mariners were my preseason pick Travis. for the West. the Giants.
1: It's an even year, man. See, I want them to collapse and burn. They're not gonna. It's the, it's this is why I, I'm against picking them. This is
0: Giants fan gender. The best, the best team in the league by far is the Cubs, and they will lose to the Giants because the Cubs are supposed to lose. Playoffs, and because it's an even year, I'm gonna go and pick the Cleveland Indians. That's because good. Because they are fun and exciting. Championship drought. I Cleveland Cavaliers. Want Francisco Lindor to just get lit at the parade. Yeah. Sounds good. Is she old enough? Yes. <laughs> Who, <cares? laughs> Who cares? It would be. It would be. I, I think the team I'm rooting for at this point now would be Texas. They're fun. because Texas No, because good. I would really like to see Prince get a ring. that be blood. sick. And Yeah, and, 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 and whatever. He's got plenty of time, but he can go get one. For Prince, this is Prince's only chance Prince. One more for Prince. I think that'd be really cool. And, and they have a good shot. They're exactly. a very good team. Me? Hey, Dylan, who do you pick for the World Series? Probably pick the Cubs in the World Series. Probably pick the Cubs. Probably go with, with, the, with the Cubs. Um, they look, the they Cubs. look pretty good. <laughs> they're, they're, they're good at the at Yeah, the they're definitely rate. the best team in the league, and they definitely will not win. Whoa, the Cubs are the best team in the league? That is a hot take. I know. Listen, by the way, if we can close with this hot take from Michael Wilbon, noted idiot. Wilbon, Cubs fan, Northwestern grad. He tweeted this about 20 minutes ago. Even with the huge division lead, the Cubs have been taught a lesson about fight by the Cardinals the last two days. Dude, what the hell? The Cubs hell? are winning that division by thirteen games. I, like I would, I would look up stats and see like how often a team leading thirteen games at this date in the Plus season lost. But here's the thing: the division. Here's the thing: is that they don't have fights. You're right. You're right. Chris Bryant, I have to pitch The spirited Cubs. That, that, that take was a good take. That was, that was the take right there of all takes. Jackie, it's
1: my Oh, pain-lined. They, they
0: but. Yikes. I mean, like, how can a team that young not have fight? No, they definitely don't care about winning. We they, know that. You're right. The sure. Cubs don't care about winning, they're all about, like, their party dance parties. That's right. They, would, yeah. is, they have no interest in winning and two animals. And that's for sure. Hashtag Cubs your friend. Cubs your friend. Uh, <laughs> 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 on that note, um, so that's our pod for this, I don't know said a week, because like, we don't record it weekly. It's a pod for okay. today. That's that's your pod for today. We um, record it occasionally. We should record it more often, though. Um, we want that's the sound of our listeners. Live um, podcasts. So, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to Jen for being on the podcast with us and for bringing her Yeti mic. That is awesome. Thank you, for that. Um, Thank you to Zach for the, letting us stay here and having a little venue. Wow. <laughs> thank you. To, thank you to Dylan for not minding us podcasting. What the hell, man? That was like a laugh track wanted to try it out and for looking up that statcast leaderboard for us yeah hey Um, and again please at us about our crazy park conundrum because we want to talk about this and we want to get more opinions on it because it's interesting Um, it looks like we're out of time so thank you so much um, like and subscribe and uh, have a good day (laughs) <laughs> Triple D Live. Yeah, we're gonna have an
1: unboxing. She said, "I think."